let me go and get Joy to put her phone on self on airplane mode. That'll help too. Okay. I will just talk by myself while you walk away from the mic. I'm sitting here today in my office. Doc is on the floor behind me. And here comes Mike. Okay, say some stuff. Yeah, say some stuff, Mike. <laughs> yeah. You, it doesn't say poor network connection on this side anymore, so that's okay. a good sign. Yeah, you sound good now. You sound good on this end too. Cool. So this is our well, this is the pre-roll. Our jock talk, <laughs> our, our jock talk is gone now. We're starting a new pre-roll, evidently. <laughs> yeah, we can. No one will even know what that means. They'll be like jock talk. Well, uh, you could you could add it on there, and we could have have that be part of the pre-roll, and then do this one for like another five minutes. Can, and... He's like, I, like, we just make some more work for you, you know. And it's in the timeline. Just, just got to drag to it cut, in and line it up. Cut those things apart. Stick them together. Uh, is it that much more work? It's up to you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, you could do it if, since it's so easy for you. Sounds like. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought. I knew that was the answer. So you'll, could, yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it. However, I do it. <laughs> yeah, I could do it, but I can't do it because of. I can't. I got to do my taxes. Well, hey, you know, I was gonna say, you could. Uh, oh wait, no, I'll wait till we're done. We're not doing the pre-roll to say that. <laughs> I forgot that we were doing the pre-roll again because we were talking just like normal, you know. And I thought you started it with the pre-roll, and then you're like, "Well, I'm not recording the pre-roll," so then I'm like, "Blah blah blah," and then we started it and we stopped it. So now we're doing pre-roll. We're on the pre-roll. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> I got something good to tell you about. Have you? You probably have read this too. Um, have, you, have you read the the Mothman prophe- prophecies? Mm-hmm. That was great. I got it on audiobook. Listen to cool. it. So cool. I the movie lo- was movie was a piece of shit. <laughs> really, I liked the movie. I saw the movie yeah. first and was expecting uh, expecting a cheesy horror movie, but I thought it was actually I liked it. I thought it was. You cool. know, maybe I should watch it again then, because if you give it a seal of approval, then I'm I probably was in the wrong headspace the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's got some good. It's it's uh it's more subtle, which I like, you know. You know, like, I like subtle horror. It's weird yeah, that I, I know, like it. I'll watch it. Fuck, watch it again. But what I love about that book is that um, how the guy ties together all of all like supernatural phenomenon as you know. He's like he's saying basically, and and I have kind of pondered this myself. It's aliens, ghosts, paranormal shit, poltergeist, <clears throat> all that stuff is not probably not what it seems, but it's like something else. It's all the same something else kind of. Whereas like, because he's saying, you know, people have been seeing aliens since biblical times and angels and demons. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's saying it's more like, I forgot what he calls them, ultra, ultra terrestrial beings or something. Like Mm -hmm. another basically dimension that exists alongside of us that kind of communicates through hallucinations and sure or something like that. And, and, you know, when I I first started thinking about that, when I saw, uh, what's that movie? Is it fire in the sky where they've got that killer, uh, abduction scene. Yeah. Yeah. Fire in the sky. Jacob's laddery abduction. Well, uh, yeah, and he, yeah. And he's up in the, the, the spacecraft and they're doing all the tests on right. him and stuff. Yeah. I thought, it was a man, great movie. Yeah, I thought that seemed so much like an out of body experience. Right. And then hearing other people's stories about alien abduction sounded exactly like an out of body. Yep. And yep. so I'm thinking, okay, so these people aren't getting abducted necessarily physically in the way they think they are, but sure. But, something is happening for sure but i think i think you're right because i feel like i've always felt this way that basically we costume whatever it is with our whatever we can we can handle perceiving and that there's a homogeny amongst people as they consistently agree upon what something appears as so you know they're coloring it with their belief right so if more people believe they look a certain way they're going to exhibit more in that way you know seems obvious but to me it seems like kind of the Bugs Bunny thing where you open the one door and there's another door and you open that door and there's another door and you open that door and you know what I mean it's just a costume over a costume over a costume because it's I think not something we can actually perceive in its true essence and therefore we have to translate it somehow into something recognizable somehow yeah 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 for sure yeah maybe you'd go insane if you saw its true form like in some H.P. Lovecraft sort of thing (laughs) yeah yeah but I thought that was really cool and I I, um, really 
enjoyed that book. It was crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, it's stuff. been a long time since I read that in college. So I, it's been yeah. a long time since. That's that. worth a read. Yeah, it's a good book. It was funny. I just saw some. Uh, I think it was Pete McLaren posted on Facebook, I believe, uh, just a minute ago, and he posted the Fight Club book. And I guess he listened to our last episode oh, and got cool. all stoked <laughs> to read Fight Club, and he was all pumped on it. Like, yeah, thanks, Mike Carell. This is <laughs> awesome. It's so it's so good. So I was all stoked. It's nice to you know when people are able to take it and go with it and appreciate it because it's the same thing with like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. We didn't ever bring that up, even though it's one of my favorite movies, but. The book is just incredible, you know, and same, you know, the same thing with Fight Club. There's so many books yeah, that are just, I know. and even if you've seen the movie, you still can just really enjoy the book because even though you know the movie, the book is just going to be yeah. so much more multifaceted and multidimensional, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, usually the case that the book is better than the movie, like 90% of the yeah, time, 95% of the, of the time. time. But, um, yeah, I've been doing audiobooks lately, so I have an Audible account that I, keep forgetting to cancel every month so i have all these points so i'm like oh i got all these points i can get these books and did uh, you ever finish doom a key no i got like halfway through i liked it i was into it it's just i mm -hmm. got distracted and then it's like it's so, so hard to get back into a book yeah yeah when well you, if you're gonna start a new stephen king one start lizzie's story then because lizzie's story is like one of my top favorite stephen king books really yeah, Lizzie's story. That's amazing. not the, the baseball, the little girl. No, no, that's the girl no. who. Yeah, okay. Lizzie's story. I don't, remember, I don't even Liz, remember that one. That was around the time of Duma Key and some of those ones you missed for whatever reason. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people did. He was cranking books out during that era. I want to say that would have been like 2006 through 2009 ish. Yeah, that's definitely when I lost touch with Stephen King. But yeah, dude, stuff, Lizzie's but... story, I think that one, even though, I mean, Duma Key, I suggest it because it's about a painter, and I yeah, thought that yeah. might be. For you, but Lizzie's story is way more about like what we were just talking about, oh, like really? the parallel dimensions and the beings that come across oh, and our experiences with them. But like, I would say even better, better than Insomnia. Really? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Insomnia, Insomnia was great for me in is that like, way. Gras, yeah, it's like up there. You know? It's a novel, Lizzie's story. Yeah, it's okay. huge. It's as big as Insomnia. It's big fat. Cool. I'll get but it. yeah, check out because I was gonna say since it, I know what you mean, it is hard to get back into a book. But if but if you're gonna start a new one, try Lizzie's story, dude, because it is amazing wow okay yeah. and then you know and and i do owe with neil and i and i haven't forgotten i was just gonna say you know what else is amazing <laughs> i knew you were gonna say it so i'm reading your mind already I knew that was coming you know it's yeah. funny when uh, i had some i've had these these tours out here and we talked all about it of course before we started the pre-roll um, but I've had these a succession of tours, and so I've had a variety of people coming out for Land of Enchantment tours. And one individual who I'm not going to name to protect their privacy, <laughs> I was joking with them about how you and I have this kind of uh, frat house kind of relationship and how I've never had that with anybody before. We kind of pick on each other. He's like – I was like, yeah. I was like, Chet's always busting my balls in the podcast. And he's like, yeah. He's like, but you're always doing it to him too. Yeah, you bust my balls way more than I bust your balls. <laughs> he's all – what did he say? He was all – he's all, yeah. He's like, uh, let me guess, Night of the Living Dead. Because <laughs> I'm always giving you so much trouble about how often you bring up Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's, that's, it's that good. It's that good. But yeah, it was you know a little perspective, yes. But I do, I do like that we, we pick on each other. It's a, it's a nice sense of camaraderie. <laughs> You're like an alien describing a male, male friendship for the first time. <laughs> I love this. Like a stra do. stranger in a strange land. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever read Stranger in a yeah, Strange Land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that one. I, I kind of feel like that a lot, which is why I think that book really hit me so hard. Because like what you just said, like I really do feel like an alien when I'm trying to like describe a sensation of an experience <laughs> I'm having with someone that most people have had like for the duration right. of their life, but I'm having for the first time at like 39. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, a shit. strange sense of camaraderie, <laughs> a bit of roughness. <laughs> It's like your bot talk on your little <laughs> that stupid Skype chat. Yeah, that's so what, weird like that that thing comes up. It, it com yeah, it's you could have full conversations by just clicking these options it gives you. It's like so weird that it can do that. It's amazing. It's there. It's installed so that it can research us and understand better how to be a, the Market. facade of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how to get better AI shit. learning learning. It's uh, it's going through its its regimen of AI lessons here. All right. By just being an add-on app that you don't even think about, but that exists and is like trolling all that information and drawing huge mathematical conclusions about it. Yeah, scary stuff, man. Nineteen eighty-four. That's crazy. 
crazy times. Yeah, so but it was fun. I had, I mean, it was real intense because I had a tour out and it was, you know, we went out and did the tour thing and you really dialed into that experience and then that person leaves and then you have another group come yeah, in. That's so intense. Shift over to that. Did and, you have a day off? Mm. Wow. No, and I drove a lot too because the first trip I was I was helping the guy out doesn't have a car and so I drove up to get him three and a half hours up, three and a half hours back and then, the, you know, a whole day here and then the next day three and a half up, three and a half back. So it was like 14 hours in the car in just a couple of days plus a lot of hiking, you know, and intense stuff between because all these people were coming out for spiritual retreats. So it's not everybody does, but these guys were. And so, you know, that takes more out of you, <laughs> you know, yeah, than just yeah. like, let's go out, toddle around in yeah, the, you yeah, know, yeah. the sites. So. Yeah, luckily you like to drive. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, I mean that was, and it is nice too because it kind of gives you an opportunity to prepare and debrief and stuff. And mm. I do like to drive. And I took, I made, I made multiple different routes out of it, so I wasn't just doing the same thing over and over. Yeah, that's saw cool. some pretty country. That's nice. Had some had some skinwalker conversations in skinwalker territory. Even Ooh. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. I hear really. Yeah, the person I was with was like, "Yeah, it's like that Jeepers Creepers movie. You know, it's like the creeper. You don't talk about them. It's like magnetite." <laughs> I'm like out here in Skinwalker territory, all like, "Yo, Skinwalkers." <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe that it has any negative effect over me. I, I don't disbelieve that it exists. I just simply don't have any belief that it could harm me at all. So, I mean, if I believed it could harm me, then sure, I wouldn't want to talk about it. But I, I don't, so it can't. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's how it is. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you know me on that theory. I'm like not quite 100. percent Well, you know, Skinwalker's not a mountain lion. It's like I could say, well, I don't believe in mountain right. lions. We both <laughs> still get me, but you know, for things that land in that in between realm, like Skinwalkers, I think there's a lot more quarter when it comes to belief. Yeah, and your ability to you know shift and alter that based on on your ability to believe. I mean, there's no way you're ever going to be probably in your life believe that if you were out in the forest and there was a mountain lion hunting you that. You know, it wouldn't, you couldn't just kill you, right? But there's a chance that if you were out in the woods and you believed that someone told you a skinwalker was hunting you, you might be able to believe your way out of that as yeah. opposed to a mountain or a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much consensus around a mountain lion and a bear, you know, just for our whole lives throughout all of everything. This is the fabric of reality based on our perception as a whole. Yeah. You know, whereas skinwalkers, it's in that rel relative territory where I'm, well, you know, I could give it some of my belief or not, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see. I werewolves or anything else. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. Uh, it's interesting getting into this magic stuff more, <clears throat> because it's like, you know, the whole thing about magic. I always thought of it as like a belief thing, where it's, it's belief creates it, but it's not. It's not at all, <clears throat> according to the stuff I've been reading. It's like, uh, it's more that. You know, you you create you you manifest <clears throat> things with what by what you concentrate on, rather Indeed. than what you believe in. And it's like belief is a kind of a form of concentration, I suppose. So absolutely, it, yeah, it's re a it relates in that. Issue. Yeah, it relates on that term, but it's more like <clears throat> you can do a ritual, and you don't have to believe it's going to come true because the whole point of the ritual is psyching your mind up and impl imprinting this thing into your subconscious mind so that your subconscious mind it's in there doing mm -hmm. its thing. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. <clears throat> so that's what, cause that's always tripped me up with the visualization thing and the belief. It's more well, like I think be that, belief I mean, versus focus and concentration. When you, when you get to the paradox though, the truth is, is that <clears throat> it's like you're doing the thing and you're not doing the thing at the same time. So it's not odd that two seemingly opposing forces would be co-occurring simultaneously and that we're not, in, we're not capable of, unwrapping that ball of twine insofar as like you know you don't have to believe but you do you don't have to concentrate but you do you have to concentrate but you don't you don't well, have i to don't believe. think that's that's you know <laughs> but i don't think saying, that's what they're what saying, saying is, is that all and nothing you know to take it all the way up is like you know you, you we want to say well these are opposing things good and bad dark and light all and nothing up and down that they are at odds that they can't co-occur because they are separate somehow, that they are, it's a dualism. And in fact, it's not a dualism. They are one and the same. You know, suffering and happiness are not, are not separate things. They are the same thing. And so our inability to actually talk about that and our inability to actually intellectualize that is because it exists on a spirit level. It doesn't exist in a logical realm of thinking and intellectualizing and cognating about things. 
it exists in, in a, at a deeper level of the fabric, you know. Mm. So those things do co-occur, you know. <laughs> all, all the opposites are not opposite. They're one and the same. You know, yeah, but two you sides could say that. Coin, you could say that about same coin. But you could say that about anything. You could just well, say it is, you, you it could is, just because everything is. Well, yeah, way. but that's like kind of sort of a cop out in a way because it's like you know it's not addressing the point. It's like saying well, it's like saying okay, it's like saying. Uh, <clears throat> well, we're talking holistically about a philosophy as opposed to the mechanics. If we want to talk mechanics, then you got to get specific. But if right. you're talking as an over you know an umbrella but i could make all. that point i could make that point to negate anything you said by saying that well sure but we're not but we're not in not, a position to not. Try to, we're we're not we're not uh sitting here debating one another so if we were debating then it would be a different thing cuz then you're actually trying to take a topic and say well i have a stance that is on one side of it and a stance on the other mm-hmm. side but i don't think we are actually in those positions well, I was just saying. I mean, you know. it's like I'm saying, you know, you know, nothing matters just as much as everything matters simultaneously. So that could be a cop out. I could say, well, if nothing matters, I can do whatever I want. Well, yeah, that's true. But yet at the same time, everything matters just as much as nothing matters. So everything you do has innumerable effects that you'll never even begin to understand, let alone the things you put your intent into. So it's like, yeah, it's an all or nothing, but it's the same thing. Yeah, but I'm talking. You can't ever get to it. Yeah, yeah, I. That's I agree on the deeper level, but I guess the point I was making was the mechanics of how it works technically. How how I'm what I'm the practice of, yeah. of magic. Gotcha. Right, right. So I think it's interesting that you know, like for example, sigil work <clears throat> seems to be, from what I've read, um, the fact that you're concentrating on this symbol that you've created out of a desire written written down and turned into a symbol so that your mind reads it and your subconscious knows this symbol means what I just wrote down, what my desire is. And so when it sees it, it knows you can't read it. You can't read it in words. Your your conscious mind can't read it, but your subconscious mind can read it or your subconscious mind knows and your subconscious mind is kind of the thing that's doing all the work. So it's a way mm-hmm. of and concentrating and meditating on it is a way of imprinting it into your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So before it was more to me, I felt like visualization stuff was more like uh, concentrating on a goal, but also psyching yourself up to believe that it's real, which is, gotcha. you know, I feel like that probably works in a way that um it's a, it's another form of concentrating on it but that's the other weird thing about sigil stuff is you once you do it you're supposed to forget about it completely yeah that's just like the deepak chopra stuff like put it in the gap <laughs> totally. you know yeah, put yeah. your intention in the gap yeah, and walk absolutely away from, yeah, yeah. and good, you look at all those different kind of yeah. beliefs and ways they all more or less say a version of the same right. thing yeah i know i mean i go ahead oh no i just i think it's sort of a a, a way also to say um Magic doesn't require belief. It's a way to get sort of people that are more atheistic to try it sure, out too. Sure. Because it's like, but I mean, oh, okay, if you something you don't have to believe in, I could try. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And no, I agree with you. I mean, I think it is a good selling point. But at the same time, I think that maybe the you know the splitting of the hair there is simply that you may not be believing specifically in the intent of a visualized goal or outcome, but you believe in the process you're engaged in. You know what I mean? You, well, yeah, I guess so far you, as you believe it enough a, to give it a shot. You believe, exactly, exactly. You know? So there, what that means is there's actually a, a sliver there of disbelief that it's not possible, right? Uh, I mean, in the dominant way of perception, you know, because right. if you if you don't even have room to allow for the potentiality of it to the point that you're willing to give it any time and energy, right, right. then certainly you're not going to have access to it. There's not even room for there to be belief, right. you know. But belief grows, right? Because no one goes out there and does a sigil. And doesn't get a reaction and then just keeps doing them for the next five years. I never heard of that. What I hear is someone does it and they get some kind of a response, which then buffers their belief in the process of sigil or ritual or whatever the fuck else they're using to achieve that goal. And henceforth, then each time they do it, they're better at it because the belief in their ability to achieve whatever it is, not specifically, but just to achieve manifestation – 
in their ability through the actual experience of doing something and seeing an outcome. I mean, that's how we operate, right? The mm -hmm. reason we say, well, I have to see it to believe it is because, well, fuck, that's how it works. I mean, if my whole life told me that it was one way, I'm not going to be able to all of a sudden say, oh, well, I can just manifest money by making a sigil because that's, you know what I mean? Right. But if you have a little bit of a quarter, a little quarter centimeter of luck where you're like, maybe that's possible and you try it and then you see that maybe something worked from it, then you're like, Maybe it's a little more possible. And then you try it again. And, well, shit, I believed it a little more. And fuck, it's, it worked a little better. Maybe. Hmm, I don't know. And so, again, how right. do you separate the wheat from the chaff? Whether or not you believe in that exact ritual or that exact outcome, you believe in the construct enough as you do it and you are rewarded for having done right. it with the well, benefit of your, the fruits of your labors. Right. No, right. One, no one plants without an expectation expectation of harvest right and if it doesn't harvest you you try a different way you plant a different seed you you know use different fertilizers <laughs> you know? pick yeah. a different place to grow your shit <laughs> yeah i i just uh um oh shit hold on a second since we're on the pre-roll i'm going to take this call from yeah. fritz hello hey i'm recording right now you are on the Dark Art Society podcast vicariously via Chet's telephone. Uh, I, I, oh, I'm I'm good right now though. Yeah, I appreciate it though. Bert's just trying to do something nice for his dad. I'll bet. Bye. Like he's gonna grab him some food or some cigarettes or something. Yeah, so right. He had some food. He asked if I wanted some food. That was nice of him. Fritz is such an awesome dude. That must mean that I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, we should just we, anyway, we should just 20, keep doing this and, and just call this the episode for this week because <laughs> we could, we but might then we won't have a pre-roll. Yeah, that's true. Well, now we have that pre-roll that got cut off. I wonder. It's all fucked see. up and jacked up. <laughs> we could use that one. Let me see how long that that was. It wasn't that bad. It just was like it wasn't great. That might that might be good actually because this is a good conversation. I kind of feel I could weird even about stopping. I could it, yeah, it feels organic. I could even. I could even go and find some of those secret ones that we recorded that we never published and like clip some things out of that. That's too much work. Yeah, I know. Here I am now making jobs for myself. <laughs> I was giving you shit about making jobs for me. Hold on. I just want to see what the, what the time frame is on this and then we'll, we will decide. Okay. It was like three minutes long. <laughs> I think, yeah, if, if it's, well, you know, it is just, it's the pre-roll. Sometimes the pre-rolls are super long. Sometimes they're super short. Sometimes they don't happen. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Almond Joy's got nuts. <laughs> Mounds don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that pre-roll was... Damn it. Come on. Be easy. Two minutes and 41 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I told you three minutes. <laughs> the internal timer on all right what do you want to do i think we should keep going with this because okay. i think that's what the fans would want because they what they like they've told me at least from the people that do speak about it and if you don't then you should because you get more about what you want <laughs> is is the organic conversation where they feel like they're listening to us having a real conversation which we are and that they're just there time says he, he'll even like respond to us out loud and say like, <laughs> no you idiot she'll be, like, she'll be like what are you what are you talking to and he's like oh sorry i was just responding to chet and mike i know they can't hear me but <laughs> that's cool okay he's like sometimes i disagree with both of you because he was like sometimes i agree with chet sometimes i agree with you and sometimes i disagree with both of you i was like yes that means it's working we don't want you to agree with us that's not the goal okay so let's keep going with this so what i was going to say uh regarding that is you're saying you're kind of saying well it's the little bit of belief that is is doing it and i'm saying that the idea that i have read about regarding magic is that the mind the subconscious mind responds to ritual in okay. a way that activates this creative thing that the that the sub subconscious mind has this power to do i agree with all that yeah so I totally agree with that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. show's over. <laughs> Wasn't that a good one? Now it's gonna be. Now it's going. It's gonna be a twenty-four minute episode. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's what. That's what you get when you ask for organic. <laughs> no, but it's 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 been cost more and you get less. Oh, that is what it's like though. I eat organic. <laughs> cost more, you get less. I've been. I, I've just been on this. You know, I, I told you I picked my 
practice back up. And so I've been on this. Really talk more about it. I'm excited to hear more about it because we haven't, you know, you and I normally talk a lot Mm -hmm. and we both been so fucking breakneck busy that we haven't talked in like a week, which is very uncharacteristic for us. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to hear about what you've been doing. Well, the the biggest thing and um, what I've also learned learning about this magic stuff is that the uh, basic foundation for any magic practice is meditation that's mm-hmm. like the key and yeah. it's the ability to concentrate on something basically for long long periods of time so the biggest change or concentrate on nothing for a yeah long right of time, right that's upon. well that's what meditation itself is that's what it is so, so i had to say it. <laughs> but by doing that by meditating you are emptying your mind out and you're training your brain to not think for long mm-hmm. periods of time and once you have that training that means you can access that easily. You can empty your mind easily. And when your mind is easily emptied, then you can perform rituals or however you want to do it. Pray, however yeah. you're, 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 or even, chosen. or even feats, feats of magic. If you can empty your brain and you've practiced enough. What do you mean? Feats. F E A T S. Not no. like F E E T. You know, feats like impossible feats. <clears throat> if you, you know, when you, when you do enough meditation and you do enough magic and you do enough ritual and you do that stuff and it becomes integrated fully into your life, you know, periodically you can do incredible feats, things oh, that oh. are seemingly impossible. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and, that's and, what magic And you're not, you don't, you may not even understand the mechanics of it, but. It still occurs. Yeah. Well, the, the, I've watched you do it. You've watched me do it. Yeah. You know? Well, there's, you know, there, there's definitely, um, you, you can get your mind to a place where it's basically like the same state of mind you get from a psychedelic experience, you yes. know, where you're, you're, you're you, it's, it's all about Neural plasticity. Yeah. And it's all about breaking down your ego, which is the same thing with the proper way to trip with psychedelics. It's about breaking down the ego to a point where you can access your your true true nature so i've been meditating and i noticed just on a surface level and i and i've got a lot of reason to have major anxiety right now because i've got (laughs) shit falling down in on me from every angle but um since i've been meditating it's i'm way less uh stressed for sure i can just feel the lack of anxiety about things yeah seriously it's <clears throat> well, good. That's good. Um, yeah. So I just and it's weird because, you know, of course, Lisa has been telling me my whole life, you got to meditate. You're always better when you meditate. But as far as feeling the effects, I guess it was having effects on me in the past. Obviously, she noticed that I was less stressed, but I didn't feel it as much as I feel it now. And I don't know if it's because I have more stress. So it's more uh, pronounced or if it's because I'm <clears throat> just older and I don't know more observant of myself or I don't know what, but it's definitely just on that level. It's, it's working for me. And that's, what's cool about, you know, the whole meditation and magic thing. It's like meditation across the board works. Even if you're completely secular, you have no spiritual beliefs whatsoever. It will change your life. It'll make a difference in your life just by doing it. Just like that animation I posted on, that couple minute animation I posted on how to how to meditation 101 or something I don't know if you saw I, po- I posted it a couple times I've just been off because I've been doing these tours so I've been like not dialed into what's yeah. happening for the past five days for whatever reason right you know what I mean like I've been doing my work but I haven't been like following the thread so I'm not I have I've missed a few things so I yeah, might have missed yeah. it I just it's it's a great I'll, you know you may have seen it but it's just a real simple like kind of secular approach to meditation and, sure. Um, that's the thing about magic. Secular, or non-secular. Um, secular, secular okay. being secular is non-religious, right? Mike's eating nuts. <laughs> yeah, secular as in non-religious. So <clears throat> that's what's you know. And the same. It's funny is that you know there's people that practice magic that are completely atheists. You know, sorry about that. It really doesn't. I thought you were going to keep talking. It really doesn't have to do with 
you know that's why right. was... Medita- meditation is like uh, the simple fact of quieting your mind and breathing properly yeah I mean, it's not even complex at all and you can do it in any a, a myriad ways you know there's not just one way but it's so simple it's like basically it's called relaxation <laughs> you yeah. know like if you if you sit down and you like focus on your breathing instead of your thoughts and you stay in one place and you know then yeah. you're going to have a meditative experience period <laughs> yeah well that's the thing that people that is expressed in this video I shared this animation is that um, you know you sit down to when you first sit down to do it your mind is just going crazy because everyone's <laughs> mind is always going crazy and they call yeah. it monkey mind and um, so I people, call it internal chatter yeah people do it and, and they think oh there's no way I can do this there's this is impossible they try it for a couple of days or even a week and they're like this is not working but the point that the guy makes um, who's narrating this video is that your mind is like a muscle. And so what you do is focus on your breathing, either in your nose, your chest, or your stomach. And you just focus on the sensation of breathing. And inevitably, you will instant, you'll start thinking of other stuff. It'll come into your mind, all these things about you know work and whatever you think about. And then when you notice that, you just simply bring yourself back to focusing on your breathing. Yes, and, totally. and that happens. He uses this great analogy that it's like working your bicep you know every time you do that you're building this muscle in your mind that allows you to clear empty your mind at will so the idea is if you have a regular practice like you would with um, exercise as you know if you do exercise over and over whether you believe it's going to work or not you're going to build muscles up and so it's in the same way that the more when you have a regular meditation practice, you will, you'll be able to clear your mind more easily. And the more you do it, the easier it is to, to the point where, you know, if you're a master, you can <clears throat> sit there for, you know, like an hour and not have one thought come in, you know, which is, you yep. know, I'm definitely not there for sure, but <laughs> I don't know, you know, Jimmy may have been in that state. My dad may have been in that state cause he was meditating since he was in his twenties every single mm-hmm. day. But, mm-hmm. um, that that and that is the key that is the key to to magic or any spiritual practice or just a key the key to um sanity really yeah you know yeah. and not going totally insane agree. and not being take overtaken by your ego and your thoughts well i mean and even for again for people that are you know that get, even get weirded out by the word meditation you can just call it focused relaxation <laughs> you know what right, i mean because right. that's what it is i mean really it's like what you're trying to do is relax this process that has taken over that seems right. so all-consuming that in fact is relatively miniature compared to the true spirit of yourself but if you just look at it as like focused relaxation <laughs> You know, you don't even have to get hung up on that word. I mean, for myself, one of the things that I like to do in so far as all those little things are concerned is like whether I'm walking or I'm sitting, whatever kind of meditation I'm doing, because I do a, a variety of different meditations because for me, I have to be moved to feel like what's the right thing to do. I'm kind of tuned into what's right at the time. And if it's well, sitting meditation, it's sitting meditation. <clears throat> if it's walking meditation, it's walking and meditation. And you're also like a utilization. It's kind you know, of an energetic person. Sure. You know, so I, I imagine that that's why hiking and stuff works for you so well and walking and, and doing things, you know. Maybe, sure. Because there's, you know, even in the Zen. Well, and even what you're saying is like with the breathing thing, what you're doing really, I mean, yeah, okay, you're breathing. But you're preoccupying your conscious mind with a specific task. That's it. It's not even more complex than that. Oh, it's yeah. that simple. And so – you can, you know, people find they can do that in a lot of ways. For me, I have a proclivity, as you just suggested, for preoccupying my conscious mind with walking mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And so when I start walking, my conscious mind gets totally preoccupied with it to the point that I stop thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it works for me. It doesn't work every, that way for right. everybody. But when I'm sitting and doing sitting meditation specifically, the breathing exercise that I prefer to do for me is to do fire breathing and slow fire breathing, which is basically to breathe in slowly and deeply through your nose with your mouth closed mm. all the way down to the base of your lungs and then slowly out your mouth, you mm. know, and it creates a circle. And the thing that I've also found for me, and this is different for everybody, I think, but for me, 
that cyclical process for whatever reason really preoccupies my conscious mind. So like if I just do what you said, which is I know it works for some people, but if I'm just like the minute my mind starts, I find my mind wandering to anything other than the breathing to just focus on like you said, your throat, your nose, your your chest, whatever. It won't work unless I focus on the circle for me. Mm-hmm. So I have this like circular thing. And it's it's almost like hypnotism where I've hypnotized then my conscious mind with this circular thing so my subconscious can do what it is supposed to do, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what's cool about it is, is there's a million different techniques. You know, there's like four, what is it, four seconds in, hold, the, hold your breath for four seconds and four seconds out. There's guided meditation. There's yeah, pillar and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, There's Zen. Zen has, uh, I think in, in Zen Buddhism, there's sitting, sitting meditation, walking meditation, and lying meditation as, as far as the three legitimate ways to meditate within the Buddhist mm-hmm. faith or whatever. And the walking one is interesting. The way they they uh, do a walking meditation is you pay attention to your feet. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. walk so slow, you like feel your heel lift. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there, probably look like a crazy person walking super slow. You you lift your heel, and then and you pay all your attention on lifting your heel. You pay all of your attention on mm-hmm. lifting your foot. You mm-hmm. pay all of your attention on putting the heel back down, and then put your foot back your you know the rest of your foot down and it's like you pay attention to every step of walking which is really Mm -hmm. a trip yeah when i do like i have a few that work for me and they don't always work so like i'll go out to do walking meditation and it's not like i have to have a few tools on the belt you know what i mean one of my favorite ones that i've talked a lot about so i won't spend a lot of time on it is what i call the 180 degree vision which also was called scatter vision by a very famous tracker um and tom brown was the the tracker And anyway, what it is is basically to try to perceive everything in front of you from this periphery right here. Like if you were to pull your hand off to the right and pull your hand off to the left and just pull them up till just barely you can see your hand. You're trying to see everything in front of you from this spot to this spot, 180 degrees simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed, you know, keep blinking and everything, but you're, you're not, you're not using binocular vision. After a certain point in time, you're using omni vision, which basically we all possess. It's just that we're not. You know, our world is very much based on binocular vision. It has to be. You have to survive. And right. if you don't use binocular vision, well, you're going to crash your car. But if you're using 180-degree vision, when you're out in nature walking, for me, it's a preoccupation with my visual cortex. And I am very visually centered. I'm a very – that's my favorite sense, <laughs> you uh-huh. know. And so if I can preoccupy it with something, it just – the fucking talk stops. All right. the thoughts stop because – this whole other thing starts happening, but that doesn't always work. So then it's like you said, okay, so for me, instead of the heel to toe, pretend your feet are hands. This is a great one. I love this one. And every step you take, you're gripping the ground like your foot is a hand and each of your toes are fingers through your shoe, energetically like grabbing the ground through your fucking shoe with your foot, like your feet are hands. I love that one. It works really good for me. Because I get totally preoccupied with it. Like, because yeah. I, and you can really do it too. You feel like you start being like, whoa, I can move those toes. Like, yeah. I can actually, whoa, I'm really gripping the ground through my shoes <laughs> and my toes. You know, there's another one called the bandy tuck. That's an East Indian one where basically you pretend that you have a knot tied to your asshole and it's tied to a string that runs up your spine. I already don't like this one. Head. And so all you do is basically, it's like there's a line that goes all up your spine through the top of your head. And so as you're walking, you're kind of like sucking your butt up. And what it does is it forces your your hips and your thighs outward. And it just changes your whole entire walking position, but it lowers your center of gravity. And it actually makes you much more tactile with the ground. But again, it's just a preoccupation with an idea of this visualization. So for me, it could be breathing. It could be how I'm my vision it could be how i orient my actual tactile sensation or it could be through a visualization process right. just depending upon what how i feel that day and what's working better you mm-hmm. know yeah well that's cool i think the you know for the for most people starting out um the the key i i, I would uh i would suggest do, p- finding one that works for you and doing it every day because the thing yeah, about meditation is you, yeah you have to do it every day um i think a lot of people get like I said, they try it for a week or two and it doesn't work and they get d- disappointed. But man, it's having <clears throat> gone through this myself, there's a point where, you know, when you get, you get to a point where you, where you, cause the, 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 
kind of the overall point is you become aware of just your pure awareness. It's like you're aware that you're aware. Yes. You know, and that's well, kind of like the magical state. You know, awareness, you're just pure awareness and you're not thinking about anything else. And you're not what, judging it, you're not labeling it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Nothing. You're just aware, but you are aware that you are aware, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, you, uh, the, the cool thing when you, when you do practice enough every day, you will fi- finally hit a point where you're like, you know, 10 seconds you'll have that. And you're like, whoa, you know, and you'll think about it. And then you start thinking again. And then you have to bring yourself back and you get all down on yourself. But, you know, and eventually it'll, you, you, you get to a point where it's like a minute. And that's a big deal to have no thoughts in your mind for a minute. It's a trip. Huge. And it's and I remember when I was getting to that point, I was like, "Wow, this is incredible." I didn't I didn't think it was possible really to to not think for a minute straight. And then you go on to three minutes and five minutes. And then at this point, for me, it's like, you know, I'm still I'm kind of building my meditation practice back up because even though I've been doing it in my ty- my entire life, I haven't you know. I don't know that I've done it at any one time for more than six months. I could be wrong. It could be longer. But even when I wasn't, I would I would do it every other day. Or, or if I wasn't doing it, I would do it as I'm falling asleep, which is kind of a lame way of doing it just because you fall asleep and it's not as focused. But it is, you know, it, it I do it to help fall asleep sometimes. And it, and it, and it is a form of meditation. But um, I think to get the full impact, it's better to be kind of awake and do it probably in the morning um but regardless um you know at this point it's like i can go sometimes i'll go you know maybe 10 minutes maybe not that long maybe five minutes i'm probably at that point where i'm doing like five minutes but the five minutes of no no thoughts it's not even like five minutes of no thoughts is like you know, an hour. five hours. I mean, <laughs> yeah. really, you know, know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's it's so marketed. It's so hyper. You know, it's yeah, not like there's nothing. Yeah. It's a different. To, really. It's a different state of time, really. Mm-hmm. But um, the closest thing I could equate it to is is getting in that zone and when you're tripping. You know, mm-hmm. you get that where there's it's timeless. You know, and you're not yeah. your mind's not crazy. And the craziest thing is that one time that I tripped with you in the back where mm-hmm. where I my mind was it was still the most incredible thing i've ever experienced ever pretty much and that was where my mind was totally still and peaceful and empty and it was like there was no effort it's like a, there was no effort to it stop the so thoughts so quick too. yeah it was instant boom as soon as you turn the turn the light off boom you turn the light off and i was out and it was so weird because i whoa i'm getting too excited it was so weird because, <laughs> because i it was like I was, there was no visual at all, except I kind of gave you that one, just that kind of uh, symbolic approximation of how you could describe what it might look like. Right. I I did see that at one point, like a mental image, but the state I was in was like in the middle of kind of nothingness, but it, but, but it wasn't bad it was it was amazing it was like total peace that i've never experienced in my life total total peace and you know i really i wish i would have taken advantage of it more because i felt like i could have asked any question and the answer would have just come to me and i would have known the truth about it and um it was it was amazing and it was just like oh it's just incredible but the thing about now how i can you know meditate for a few minutes at a time at this point the other thing that's really important is that when i do start thinking i can easily bring it i can easily bring it back to no thinking yeah, you know exactly. so even though the thoughts do still pop back in i can bring it right back around and bloop start start over again so yeah. Yeah. even though i'm only doing 5 minutes at a time at the most of just no thought there's only like a 10 but second break in between and then I'll go for another thing few too, minutes and then like is a it's second like, break. And yeah. Then, if you're you know. into like any of the, you know, you talked about some Zen Buddhism and different things like, and I've know I've talked a lot on this show about the Carlos Castaneda stuff, but one of the things they talk about the way they describe it is, you know, shutting down your internal dialogue. That's yeah. the way that they use it. Cause we talk to ourselves and, but what the way they describe it's really interesting is that you are basically accumulating seconds. Basically that's it. Uh, you know, that like slowly but surely as you do this, it, that it is exponential and that it grows it's like a snowball going downhill, you know. So you might get a second of 
timelessness where there's no talk and there's no chatter and there's no thoughts or whatever, right. you know. And and that might seem like, oh, it was only a second, but that second then added to another second, added to a minute, right. added to five, added to a ten, added to another second, that it's a cumulative process. Yeah, and that yeah. basically you reach a certain threshold where you've accumulated enough of that process to cross a threshold mm -hmm. and that then there is a, a pretty significant shift in the way in which that proceeds from that point forward and then of course innumerable thresholds thereafter but i think that's an interesting way of thinking about it too you know and also there's a lot of non-traditional forms of meditation that people don't think about dream meditation for instance you know what i mean if you meditate every night that you're gonna wake up in the middle of the night with a dream that you're looking at your hands if you do it every night just like any other meditation You'll have a dream where you're looking at your hands. Like, right. you know what I mean? Same thing. Practice makes perfect, you yeah. know? And so, again, it doesn't really matter. I think that's the beauty of all of this is that it's almost like stick and pick. You know, you just got to figure out what works for you right. as an individual. Definitely. And then cherry pick from the things that you learn as you go along and continue to play with it. And it's not it, – that's the fun part. It is play. Right. It right. is fucking play, you know? Yeah. It's the ultimate play, in fact. And that's the uh, another thing about the magic stuff that I've been reading about is that, um, you know, it's like it's like art. You know, if you want to be an artist, you, you learn the, the foundational principles, you learn the basics. Once you learn the basics, you start trying out encaustic paint or printmaking or mm -hmm. sculpture or painting. And then you do you figure out which ones you like the most and you focus mm -hmm. on doing those. But at the same time, like a good artist, you'll you'll always continue to experiment and play while you're, you know, doing your thing just yes. to keep things interesting. And it's exactly the same, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure and it's like that I... really with anything, I guess, you know, any. Yeah, practice. yeah, absolutely. I, well, and that's get gets back to the kind of the beginning of this whole conversation, which was the notion that, as you said, the subconscious gets attached to ritual and the way in which ritual functions and if we want to like switch that word over for the people that are listening that are not comfortable with that word let's just call it habit because habit is ritual right. and so the more you can realize in your life shit our life all it is is habit i mean you know yeah. everything we do is based on some pattern that has recreated itself through us recreating it that is ritual mm -hmm. i mean really look at your life what are your Absolutely. habits those are your fucking rituals when you get that's up what yeah you're doing that's what you're worshiping when you get up you know? and, and have your smoke and have a cup of coffee and take a shit that's your ritual that's your morning ritual you do it because you'll do it pretty much the same every single time yep. and the subconscious is real comfortable with that yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that's... it likes that so why give it something arbitrary why not give it something to play with something to chew on you know something that could lead to something else mm -hmm. we all are going to have them anyway we're doing it all yeah, the time yeah, that's the, that's, what that's they, the beauty of magic you're already doing it all the time that's what anyway. they say yeah you're always doing it so you might as well um do oh, what you want brains. yeah yeah do, do, do what ride you, that horse yeah do what you want and and um take kind of control over your life you know? Well, like you said, opportunity. I mean, you brought up a good point that you kind of got to work with what you got. You know, you can't like approach it like, well, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do an hour of meditation a day because that's like trying to say, well, I've never jogged, but I'm going to go jog yeah, six right. miles. Yeah, you're exactly. set. You're destined to fail at that. So right. it's not going to work out for you. But like, for instance, I learned driving meditation. Well, actually, I taught it to myself. Why? Well, I had to do a lot of driving. I was commuting and commuting and commuting. And that was my time. I mean, that was that was it. I didn't really... In my life, there wasn't time at the time. I worked in casinos. I was working a day job like everybody else, busting my ass. I did not perceive that I had this time to meditate. And, of course, through awareness, one day I realized while I was driving, I'll be damned. I have two hours a day. Mm -hmm. Like an hour there and an hour, hour back, right? Who's to say I can't build a ritual around, around driving meditation, you mm -hmm. know? And I did, and it was incredibly powerful. I've stopped my internal dialogue longer during driving than any other kind right. of meditation, you know? And so, again, it's like it doesn't have to be anything other than what presents itself. And, again, like you said, awareness is the key to consciousness. Mm -hmm. If you become aware of your current habits, a.k.a. rituals, <laughs> then you can start to diagnose them, right? And you can start to say, oh, okay, well, I'm already doing this. Well, how can I make that into this? That's alchemy. That's transmutation. Right. Turn yeah. your drive to work into meditation. You just stomped it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, directing people to who are interested in taking this path to sitting meditation is like the best 
I think the best way to just start someone on the path, because, you know, if you, if you kind of offer up, you can turn anything into a meditation. It's like, you don't really have a baseline. That seems to me more advanced kind of practice as you get more, more, you know, more, uh, experience with what it's even like to not have thoughts or in your it could head. Be more, more adaptable for modern day life. I mean, you know, right. here's the thing. If, if sitting meditation worked for everybody, there'd be a lot more enlightened people here now. And so again, it's like, yeah, it does work. It works amazingly. Should it be probably the best way to start? Absolutely. But you know, you got to work with what you got. Right. You read a Carlos Castaneda book and you say to yourself, when am I going to ever get to go out and trip in the yeah, desert yeah. and have that experience? I live in this modern life. So I'm just saying, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. In fact, that yes, sitting meditation, if that you can make that happen in your life, great. But I'm just talking about the fact that people have to live their lives anyway. And if they already don't perceive that sitting, they're going to be able to pull five minutes for that right. shit, they won't even fucking touch it. But if they could look at their life and say, well, I already have this time anyway that I'm not utilizing right, for right, anything, right, yeah. Yeah, how can I co-opt it? So I agree true. with you. I'm, I'm not trying to diminish what you're saying. I just I, I think yeah, I that people it. are afraid of it and intimidated by it because they really can't even perceive 10 minutes to sit and do nothing. Are you kidding yeah. me? But that's the thing that they they say in that this guy, I think it's Dan Harris who's doing the the narration of that animated meditation video, is um, he was like five to ten minutes a day. Everybody's got five to ten minutes a day. (laughs) You know, it's like totally agree. But you may not. You may live in the house with a bunch of people and have no privacy. So that's that's possible. But um, uh, uh, fuck. What was my point going to be? Um. Well, I guess my original point was uh, as a general way to, you know, talk about and and get people to start sitting is is you know, probably the best way to do it. Um and you know, th- th- it's it's just I don't know, it's really a transformative practice because it'll it'll affect your artwork, it'll affect kind of everything you do and it's, and also like like you're saying about the you know, just becoming aware that you're constantly doing rituals is really a powerful thing. You know, if you really are aware of it, if you're aware that you're doing rituals, it's like, wow, I'm doing, you know, us sitting down is a ritual and doing yeah. this podcast. It's a ritual. Yep. Absolutely. You, people listening to it. It's a ritual. I set my mic up at the same every time. <laughs> you know? and, and then when Chet asked me to change my microphone, I get all uncomfortable because there's a ritual here, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So it's, I guess the other principle that the um, sub for magic and stuff that the subconscious mind works on a symbolic level, which is why the sigil stuff works so well. Um, So, you know, because I mean, what, what, what are words, right? But symbols and what is spelling, but spells. Right. Right. But, um, and it's just like with part and part of, part of this magical practice I've been doing is doing the dream journal, writing my dreams down every day. And how's that going? And it's crazy. Cause you were, cause you it's last crazy. time we talked, you were like frustrated because you felt like there was too much material to cover. Yeah. Yeah. I've still, it's like, it's like I have that or I've maybe twice. I've just been like so tired. Cause I've also not, you know, I'm busting my ass. So it's been a little extra difficult taking melatonin to get to sleep, which I think is fucking me up. But, um, <clears throat> at the same time, you know, I'm I'm cutting myself a little bit of slacks. So there's been a couple of days where it's just like I couldn't I didn't have the energy to reach over and grab my phone to do the recording because that's how I do yeah, it. Yeah. Otherwise, I would totally forget. But it's but for the most part, yeah, it's it's like every night are these epic dreams and so many of them have to do with working and effects. It's so weird and I can't figure out what what it means quite yet. Although I do, yeah, you're sort, sounds like you're sorting out some some major personal history stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's like effects work, and and you know, the last one I had was I was working back at my old, the shop I used to work at, and everybody was miserable. Everyone was totally unhappy there, and I was kind of like just doing this, came in and doing this part time job, and um, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's the more I do it, the the more. It's starting to make sense, though. You know, I can yeah, see, I keep seeing totally does. Rep- repeating themes come up. You know, yeah. it's a trip, 
that's, that's what, the core. I mean, that's the whole point of the journal for sure. That's exciting. For I'm happy for you, man. I hadn't heard any of this. That makes me happy. Yeah, it's great. So because that's how you start to unravel it. You know, that's how you start to figure out where the knots are at, blockages, whatever word you want to use. You know. Yeah, but basically, it's you know, you meditate, you take a dream journal, and then you, and then this in the same journal, or you could, I guess, it could be a different journal. You document how your meditation went and you document any magical rituals you do and the result and how they worked. Oh, and you also, I also pull a tarot card every day too, mm. which have been really weird, like totally yeah. uncanny. Like, fuck, that's exactly, you know, fits me to the T today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? But it's funny. Joy because, has... Oh, Go ahead. one, one thing I want to say is, um, uh, since tarot is so, such a, um, difficult thing to learn, you know, mm-hmm. it's really involved. I never really learned well, it. Can't be. Yeah, I mean, you can use it other ways, but traditional. Yeah, you can do like Celtic cross pull. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. You're yeah, gonna have yeah, to like yeah. Do some things. Yeah, I'm like you know that's how I am. It's like if I'm going to do something, I want to learn the right way to do it, and then do that, and then I can go and and do my mm-hmm. own way. But um, so part of the part of your magic practice is um, you when you're thinking, oh, I want to. You know, I hate to use cast a spell because it sounds so dumb. But when I want to do create a ritual or, or do a ritual for a desired goal, sure. um, you 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 do a divination through tarot or I Ching and see what that what the, how that responds. And basically, all this stuff is really a way for your subconscious to tell you to tell you basically you know you're what you already know yeah what you already know because you already <laughs> yeah, know it but so you don't silly. because your ego's in the way yeah so, totally so so for my divination i'm like really good at I Ching. I, i've been doing I Ching since the 90s so well and you know also that's the thing about ritual right the more you do it the better you right, get at it. the yeah. more you believe in it the better you can do it so I Ching for you is like the tits yeah yeah it's it's yeah. easy for me it's simple and easy and it's got that eastern flavor which i'm i've always been more attracted to eastern philosophy when it comes to eastern spirituality than western spirituality you know so um form and emptiness emptiness and form all that stuff all that stuff all that good zen stuff i love that stuff too. alan watts and all that business so it's um yeah it's been really really going cool so yeah you record your tarot card poll and interpret that I see. I, I'm totally cool with pulling one card. See, I never. That's, you know, what, I, I, that's what I do for. for yeah, the, like the daily what Joy thing. and I do ours, and just for fun for people who are listening. Sometimes it's fun. We do three pull, and what we do is a past, present, future. I mean, because I'm like again, it's like I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not like some major tarot aficionado. I wish I was. I'm not. You know, I can't pull out like a regular card deck and reach right. <laughs> reach your fortune. But and I need the book to interpret the cards right. mostly. I mean, there are a couple cards where I'm like, oh, I know what the three of cups is. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we always do like you know shuffle however many times. But again, it's a ritual, right? I always shuffle a certain number of times. I always cut a certain number of times with a certain hand, mm. right? And then I flip a past present future and i don't look for myself when i do it i don't want to see that card hit the counter i like part of it for me is the reveal of all of them when i open Mm. my eyes because i for me it feels like the next one is connected to the next one so if i look at it i feel like i have some control over it so like i don't want to see it so i'm like past present future and then i look at them and then i interpret them in those constructs that's my ritual so i look at the past card and i read about it. it's always on of course that's how it was and then I read the present and I'm like, oh, uncomfortably, yes, that's how it is. <laughs> and then I read the future and I'm like, okay, that's how it'll be, you know? And so it's in each oh, day. That's how, the, you know? that's how the potential, that's the, exactly. that's the potential yeah. it's leaning towards is probably a better way to good, put it. Good caveat. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing and it's been working out really well. And I would say that anybody, especially people that are skeptical, you know, if you're, if you're not skeptical, if you're, uh, open to it enough even if you're a complete atheist and don't believe in any of this stuff if you're open to it enough to try it yeah try it start reading to me that's like enough dude nobody's gonna try it if they don't have a fucking sliver Mm -hmm. of of either doubt or belief either one it doesn't even matter doubt's just as good as belief (laughs) (laughs) yeah so but but i would just encourage people to try it and um or just start start edu- educating yourself about it. Like I said, that magic.me is a pretty great place to start. But there's a million, you know, a million You know places. what else? Seriously? 
there's this th- like the lungs are an elastic organ too. So if you're really, really like meat and potatoes, just by doing breathing meditation, you will make your lungs more elastic. They will be able to expand more. They will hold more oxygen. Oh, yeah, you yeah. will get more oxygen in your bloodstream and you will probably live longer. So even if you really, really need some like other reason to do it, that's definitely not, you know, uh, spiritual. <laughs> well, you know, I, just think to yourself, damn, I'm exercising my lungs. <laughs> I, well, I meant like, you know, the, the, the ritual part of it, aspect of it. You know, the, the meditation is – that's another great thing he says in that animation, that meditation animation is that it's scientifically proven to reduce stress levels and, and all that yes. business. So, so even at that well, base, I mean, when joy was in pain courses, do you know, chronic pain courses, I went to her six week pain course with her. It was a fa- fascinating course, right? Because they're talking pharmaceuticals, but they're also talking non non pharmaceuticals. They're talking meditation. They're talking yeah. guided visualization, everything. They cover all of it. Right. And that was, and, and that was the number one thing they said out of everything. Meditation is more successful for pain control than oxycontin hmm. okay medically <laughs> right so like scientifically if you have a, a regimen of meditation you will get more pain relief from that than you will from medication hmm. and th- this is in a course that's by a hospital through a gi- kaiser permanente a gigantic medical conglomerate and they're telling us very clearly in a course that we're paying for for pain management the meditation is better than anything else there is right yeah I, I believe it. I, I just, uh, yeah, I think I, you know, I, I, I really think everybody should try it. Everyone should do it. But, you know, even on the, um, I would just encourage people to, to learn about it. That's all, yeah. you know, absolutely. If, it can't if, you, hurt. If, you're, if you're, if you're interested, if you're not, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you're not, but, if they're not, they didn't even listen this much of this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> meditation. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. We're at an hour now, so that was a pretty good one. Wow, you you wanna, it, you it wanna, almost came to like a really clean stop there too. I know. Until I so if we start get fired up, then it will start talking again and be like two hours in. Yeah. So I know try. you can talk about meditation. Oh yeah, I could. I got taxes to do. What uh, do you have any new names to read off? Oh shit! This week? I totally didn't prepare. So let me just—I'm going to look them up right now. Sorry, guys. I've been super busy with these tours, and then of course the Dark Art Society retreat is like five days away. Now. Oh, five days! Holy shit! It's I didn't Thursday, realize. man, and today's Sunday. Yeah. Get so that it's outhouse. Like, Better get that toilet seat on that outhouse. Happening. <laughs> Did you get so, the toilet seat um, yet? <laughs> That we're actually going to donate one of the toilet seats from the house and buy a new toilet seat for one of the bathrooms <laughs> in the house because that seems like the most most intelligent thing to do to me. Um, okay, let me log into my other one. Yeah, so I, we just have had a lot going on, and so I have not been as dialed in as I, I really would prefer to be. So I'm going to log in right now, and we're going to burn a couple more minutes. Chat at chatzar.com. Well, while Mike's doing that, you can support this podcast by subscribing to Patreon which is patreon.com slash darkartsociety. And uh, you could support my my podcast, my uh, Patreon, which is patreon.com slash chetzar. And Mike's, which is patreon.com slash... Emails from Infinity, as well as Land of Enchantment Tours. Yes, and, uh, you know, a buck goes a long way if we can get more and more people. Also, if you can please tell people about the podcast, there is still... So many people that don't know about this podcast, you know, it's like people every day are telling me, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. So, right. Okay. So here we go. New patrons. I I had to kind of divvy through these here. Uh, We've got Adina Turner. Oh, thank you. I know Adina Turner. Yeah. Facebook. Jezariah Hopkins. Hmm. Hope I did that right. Thank you. Welcome. Eva Nukunen. Oh, wait, no. Let me try it again. Eva Nikunin. I think I got it right that time. Thank you, Eva. Um, and that is it. Thank you so much for supporting the Dark Arts Society. Oh, wait, no. My bad. Jasmine, Yasmine Murphy. Yasmine Murphy. And Yasmine. I'm sorry. Milan Debert. Milan Debert. Thank you all for supporting the Dark Arts Society. That actually makes a big difference. This is, you know, Chet and I are doing this. Oh, but is, that Milan? is that Milan? 
Milan, M I L A N. Yeah. Yeah. If that's who, I think, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, he's great. He's, he's really young, um, like 17 or something. And he's a really badass artist. Like cool. graphite work. He's, he's great. Nice. Well, thanks everybody for joining. And if you join, you can get all kinds of great perks like the Secret Cooperative on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast a day early. You can be on Discord. You can listen to the Discord. Yeah, it's super cool. So join up, throw some money this way, and we'll be able to continue to do this and take it to the next level. And um, what was I going to (laughs) say? Oh, Chris Bolton. Shit. Hey, Chris Bolton. He, hey, edited his, he edited his pledge. He was a $1 pledger, and he jumped up to 3 All right, I'm going to throw him some love for that because that's the opposite direction, and we like that. Yes, so, thank, thank you. you. He thank wanted you, to be on Discord. Appreciate it, Chris. Um, I know what I was going to say. We got the um, new logo design, too, which is really cool. It's so cool. So that means shirts are coming and pins are coming. Um, we're still sorting that out, but T-shirts will be available for you $50 subscribers. And, and those ones are going to say member on them, and then everybody else's won't. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be special shirts. And then we're going to try and get some pins going and other merch with this logo. It's the same logo, but it's just been redesigned. Um, Dos Diablos helped us out with that. Did this amazing the amazing thing. Dos Diablos. <laughs> so uh, that's that, and um, thank you for listening. Yes, tune in next Wednesday for another episode of the Dark Arts Society podcast. Or Tuesday if you're a member of the patron, yeah, you can listen to it early. And if you're if you're going for the pre-roll, you can listen to the pre-roll a day early if you are a ten dollar patron, actually. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Peace. Bye.